the most famous Ramban in all of Chumash. I think we can all agree is the Ramban in the end of Parshas Bay. I once had a mashkiach when I was in high school and he says that every person has to know this Ramban by heart. It's a very powerful Ramban. It's a very sadistic Ramban. And it's really a Ramban that touches on every major Yisait and Yadus. All of the many unanswerable questions that we have can be answered if a person really studies this Ramban well. The famous line of this Ramban is when he says, From the great, publicized, famous miracles that happened to Klal Yisrael, A person can admit and can and understand all the Nisim Nistarim. You see, there are Nisim Gluyim in life, and there are Nisim Nistarim. There are the open, evident miracles. There's the Kriyas Yamsuf, there's the Eser Makas, there's the Ma'antaira, there's Nisim such as Hanukkah, Nisim Gluyim, Mefursamim, Gedailim, and from those nisim, if a person is able to really have a moon on those nisim and believe in them, a person can naturally be maida in the nisim nistarim. What are nisim nistarim? Nisim nistarim is are those nisim that happen every single moment of every single day that nobody really notices. It doesn't make any headlines, and it doesn't arouse any any attention they're just there we may call it nature we may call it coincidence happenstance daily routine living whatever you want to call it but everything that we have in life are nisim nistarim but you need a special pair of glasses to be able to understand that what people call Mother Nature and what people call the daily routine is nothing more than the Yad Hashem. And the way that we train ourselves to knowing this and to realizing it and to believing it is by comprehending the Nisim HaGadayim for Salman. And when a person is able to really believe in the Nisim HaGadayim, then the next natural extension of that will be that you're going to be and the Ramban takes it a step further and he says this is a Yisait in the Taira a person does not have a Chelek a portion in the Taira you can't claim to be a a card-carrying member of Klal Yisrael, a Tyra Dika Jew, a Ben Tyra, you can't claim that right. Until you believe that every single thing that happens and every circumstance that occurs, Shekulam Nisim, everything is a miracle. Everything. And there is absolutely no Teva and involved in anything that happens. How many of us can really say that we believe that? That no matter what happens in our daily life, no matter what the weather is, no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens in our nation, in our individual lives, every accident that we have, every success, every failure, 
every rejection, every setback. <coughs> These are all Nisim. This is no Teva. The Yad Hashem is instrumental in everything, every little thing. As small and seemingly insignificant as it may be, it's all Yad Hashem. There's no difference really between the Nisim HaGedalim before Samim and everything. There's no difference between Kriyas Yamsuf and the fact that I'm able to raise my hand right now. There's no difference. It's all a miracle. The same Hashem that split the sea is the same Hashem that enables us to see and to hear and to feel and to talk and to walk and that enables a mosquito to fly and a giraffe to bend his long neck down to the ground to eat. It's all the same. It's the same Rabbeinu Shalom. Hayat Hashem Tiktsar, is it harder for the Rabbeinu Shalom to split a sea than it is for the Rabbeinu Shalom to heal a paper cut? It's the same Rabbeinu Shalom. We consider it Nisim because we're so not used to it. We're used to the sea going in a normal way. And if we see something that is different than the normal Teva, then that's miraculous. That's a Nisim HaGadayim for Samim. Things that every medical textbook says will happen. And what weather forecasters say is in store for us, that's not miraculous. That's not divine. That's nature. The Ramban says if you believe that, if you make that split in your brain and you divide Nisim Gedailim from everything else in Teva, then you cannot claim to have a chilek in Tyrus Meishi. He's not saying that your hashkafas aren't good. He's saying you have no chilek in Tyrus Meishi. You have to sort of forfeit your, your membership card to being a card-carrying member of of Klal Yisrael, if you don't believe this, if you believe that there's even an iota of difference between the Nisim HaGadaylam before Samim and the Nisim Nistarim. <coughs> and this is what the Ramban explains, and this is how the Ramban gets into this discussion at the beginning of this piece, or at least in the middle of this piece, about at the end of Parshas Bay, where he asks, why is it that there's so much emphasis in the Torah placed on Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Look at what's going on. Look at what we've done today. In one day, we don't have that many Mitzvah Seydai Reises, but Kimat, every Mitzvah Seydai Reis that we have, in one form or another, touches upon Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We put on Tzitzis in the morning, Tzitzis are Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Tfilin, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Kriyashma, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Shabbos zeichel itzis mitzrayim, Yom Tov zeichel itzis mitzrayim, Matzah, Maror, Pesach zeichel itzis mitzrayim. We have dozens of mitzvahs zeichel itzis mitzrayim. It was a one-time event in history, and we're here recalling it every single day, many, many times a day. It's such a, a critical component of our amuna. What's so special about itzis mitzrayim that we have to keep reminding ourselves? And the Ramban explains that what makes it so significant an event, such a seminal event in Jewish history is because it trains our mind to understand that the Rabbi Shalom performed amazing wonders Nisim Gedailim Mifursamim, great world famous events and when, we're, when we believe that, then it's just a short step away from understanding that everything is miraculous. If the Rabbi Yisham can bend the rules of nature as he did in Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and we believe that, and we remind ourselves of that every single day so many times, we kiss the mezuzah, Zeich Mitzrayim, everything is Zeich Mitzrayim. If the Rabbi Yisham could do that, then it should bleed into every single component of our life. Everything is a nace. In Maidim we say three times a day, There are nisim that surround us constantly. But just we consider it teva. We don't look at it as a nace. 
Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim teaches us that everything is a nace. That's the Tachas of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's the Tachas of Pesach. This is what the Ramban teaches us. This is the Ramban that you talk have to know by heart. And if you don't memorize it, you're forgiven, but you have to feel it. And you have to live it. And you have to allow this Ramban to be savored and to resonate in our Atzmias. Because that's what it means to be a Yid. The difference between a Ben Taira and everybody else in the world is that we feel the Rabbeinu Shalom constantly with us. And when a person is able to do that, if a person can live with the Rabbeinu Shalom so intimately, then you have shock absorbers for the rest of your life. There's no bumps on the road of somebody that understands this Ramban. Whatever happens, if I get fired from my job, don't get upset, don't get depressed. The Rabbeinu Shalom has a cheshman. If I'm going out with a girl on a date and I thought this was it and she turns me down, it's Kamzul Taiva. The Rabbanu Shalom obviously paskin differently than I did. If I have certain social challenges that's very difficult to deal with, if I have health issues, if I have family issues, if I have financial problems, without a Rabbanu Shalom, without this Ramban, it would be pretty tough because I have no one to rely on, I have no one to explain away why this could happen, why me? How come it seems that everybody else is doing so well and I seem cursed? Not with this Ramban. With this Ramban we realize that every single thing that happens is Miyad Hashem. The Rabbani Shalom has our back, he has our front, he has our head, he has our tail, he has everything. The Rabbani Shalom is completely surrounding us A yid that understands is a yid that's always happy. And that's what Yitzhak Mitzrayim is supposed to impress upon us. I wanted to just be my or something in this week's parsha, parsha Sav. Famous Rashi, everybody speaks about Sav. Ain't Sav el Lashen Zrizos. Sav is a Lashen Zrizos. Lahazer Agedayim Alaktanim, which means simply that Gedayim have to warn Ketanim to do things with his Zrizos. But in the context of Pesach, Shabbos Agadol. Perhaps what the Rashi, what Chazal is telling us of Tzav, Lahazar Hagedailim Alaktanim, is that the Nisim Hagedailim have to inform and have to impress Alaktanim on all the small, petty details of our lives. That's Tzav. The Torah on Shabbos Hagadol right before Pesach is commanding us. Let all of the events of Yitzhak Mitzrayim allow you to be a changed person. Let it be to know that that everything is Nisim. Chazal tell us that we know that if there's two Adars, Adarish and Adarshani, which is the one that we celebrate Purim in, so it's Machlaikas, but we Paskin and we always celebrate Purim and Adarshani, and the reason for the Gemara saying this is Mismach Geula Geula Adif. We prefer putting one Geula next to another Geula. We prefer juxtaposing the two gulas, the gula of Pesach in Nisan, to the gula of Adar of Adar, which is Purim. We want to put them close. Adarishan is a month separating between 
Adarishan and, and, and Pesach. We want to get Purim and Pesach as close together as possible. Mismach Adif. And I believe that that Gemara really is working hand in hand with the Sramban. Because Purim and Pesach, according to the Sramban, are two sides of the same coin. Pesach is the side of a Geula that was from the Nisim HaGedailim before Samim. Nisim Geluyim. Purim, Nisim Nistarim. Anoichi Haster Haster It's complete Hester Panim Purim. It wasn't an open miracle, it was a hidden miracle. But the Ramban is saying that these two miracles must go hand in hand. They must be joined together. They have to be together because it's the same aside. If you only are a, are, are a, a Pesach Yid and you're not a Purim Yid, then you don't have Chelek Betaras Meisha. There has to be a Pesach. I believe in the Nisim G'daylam of Fursamim, but I also believe in Nisim Nistarim. And if I believe in one without the other, I'm not a Yid. I need both together. We need to combine the two Geulahs, Mismach Geulah They're opposite Geulahs, but they're not opposite. They're just two sides of the same coin. It's the same Rabbi that made Pesach, that made Purim. And these are the two miracles that a Yid has to fuse together seamlessly in order to really be a Yid like the Rabbi Nishlam wants us to be. Normally the Shmuz would segue, if it was Purim time, into stories about Hashkacha Pratis, about stories of the Nisim that are Nistarim, Amisachashvachayamimanu. But that's a Purim Shmuz. On Purim, it's important to understand Nisim Nistarim and how they are so prevalent in our daily life. But on Pesach, <coughs> it's more important to stress on the Isaidis of Pesach of the Nisim Hagadayim before Samim. Because you see a lot of people, Bismanenu, don't believe in that. They have a hard time believing in Kriyas Yamsuf. They have a hard time believing in Mantaira. They have a hard time believing in the Eser Makis. That might be a bigger challenge today than to believe in Nisim Nistarim. And if we don't understand that how important it is to believe in the Nisim that the Torah describes, these great earth-shattering Nisim, if we don't really believe them fully, then we're lost forever. We have nothing. Remember when I was in a younger a younger boy, so Seder night by my by my parents' house, my father took the Seder very seriously. It was a very important night to him and he he spent a lot of time preparing preparing the Taira for the Seder, preparing the matzahs and the maror and the karpas and the charesis and setting the table with gleaming silver and, and, and crystal and beautiful table and, and everything was done just so with so much chain. It wasn't done flat and just a to do it. It was done with all of the, all of the hidurim. And he wore his starch kittel and, and he sat resplendent at the head of the table and we were all obedient, you know, sitting, sitting there like uh, church mice, just listening, waiting for my father to ask me to say the Manishtana and if I have any questions to ask. And he was armed with all of his answers. And one year, we, um, we had a certain, um, we had a, we had a certain uh, guest in our house. And that guest brought another guest. And that other guest, unbeknownst to my father, was a Kaifer Baker. And whatever, in the middle of the Seder, she kept getting up and going out for a cigarette and coming back and reeking. And this was like, that, that was a halbitzara, that was a half a problem. But 
when it came, let's say, to the Eser Makis and to Dam Shi, just like my father had all of his index cards waiting to shoot out there, she had hers on the opposite, on the Sitra Akra side. <laughs> and this was like an epic battle I was watching, you know, play out in front of my eyes between Tyrus Moshe and, and the opposite. And she's bringing all of her National Geographic articles about what she thinks the Eser Makis really was and what really the natural explanations for Dam Tzvardeyakin and Mechulei were and Kriyas Yamsov and this and then everything that my father was saying here she was countering and my father was getting so upset like you know you saw he, like the smoke was coming out of his ears and he was like this was the night to be Masher Shemuna and instead he was at every step he was being undermined by, by this person and there are a lot of people like this. There are a lot of people out there, and they don't have to be Kaifun Bikr, they could be simple Yeshiva Bakram, and they, they have doubts. And I've spoken to many of them, and maybe some of them are in this room right now. They have doubts. There's nothing wrong with having doubts. You're allowed to, you're allowed to question. There's not, there's not a, it's not communist Russia. But it's very important, it's very important for a person to, Think about it, deal with whatever issues they have to deal with, and then try to understand the truth and the veracity of the of the Nisim Agadayim before Salmon. That's the Avaida Pesach. Purim will talk about, and we did talk about, the Ashkach Shabbai, the Nisim Anistarim. But you have to get it straight and clear and be honest with yourself that I believe in everything that the Torah says. That I really believe. I believe that there was a Kriyas Yamsa. I believe in all the Yasser Makis. I believe in the Matan Taira. I believe that the Rabbi Nishlam came down in Har Sinai and said, and gave the Yasseris HaDivris and gave the Luchas to Meish Rabbeinu. I believe it. You have to believe it with all of your heart. And once you believe it, then that's then we could discuss the Nisim Anistarim. But because it's a challenge for a Yid to believe, sometimes, that's what Pesach is all about. That's why we have all the mitzvahs of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and they're all concentrated on Lel HaChag, on Lel Seder, because this is the night of Emuna. It's the night that we really have to understand and believe and live, and Laharis, Laharis, not just the other people around the table, but Laharis ourselves. To prove it to ourselves that this is all emes. These nisim really did happen. And even if we weren't there to see them ourselves, we have a Messiah, we have a Kabbalah, and we believe it. Ishmi Pish. Some people say, well, if there's really a, a Rabbeinu in the world, why doesn't he show us nisim today? The truth is that he does. I'll give you an example. There's a Yid in Bnei Brak by the name of Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Reb Chaim Kanievsky was working on a contrast by the name of Karni Chagavim. And this contrast was about the kashras of grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, certain types of them are, are kosher, certain types are not. They need certain simonim, and you can eat it. There's svardim that eat grasshoppers, certain svardim. And, um, and he was working on a contrast about this topic. There was a certain type of grasshopper that he needed to see he needed to see with his own eyes. It was a rare type of grasshopper. It was, I don't know, it was from the Amazon, uh, not online, it was uh, the Amazon jungle. <laughs> and um, and he wanted to see it, uh, you know, so he had a choice. Either he could, uh, you know, just go weiter or he could travel to the Amazon and, and, and try to find it. And somebody then told him, he was learning with his Chavrusa, and somebody told him that in a local university, maybe it was Barilan, which is not so far from Bnei Brak. I mean, you know, hashkafically it is maybe, but not, uh, <laughs> but not geomet- ge- geographically. 
they have such a they have in the in, they have such a such a grasshopper, and they were talking about maybe going there to see. They had to just look at something. And as they were talking, the window was open, and they were sitting like over their svarim, and a grasshopper happens to come in to the wall of Reb Chaim's apartment and it's punked that grasshopper that they needed to see. The grasshopper somehow hitched a ride on an airplane or something from the Amazon to Bnei Brak and comes into the home of Reb Chaim just at that moment. They look at the grasshopper, they flip it over maybe, they look at the underbelly of the grasshopper and and then the grasshopper leaves, jumps out of the apartment. And that was pretty cool. But Rukhaim then, like a couple of minutes later, or an hour later, says, you know, there was another thing I forgot to look at. I wish I, I wish it could come back. And wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden, here comes the grasshopper, jumps back on that wall, they check it out, and it jumps out again. Reb Chaim mentioned this to his father, the stipler. Just mentioned Nagaborcha, he didn't make a big deal about it. And his father was so impressed that unbeknownst to him, that Shabbos, he made a Kiddush in honor of the nace of the Chagav, the nace of the grasshopper that his son was Zaychet to, with, with his Tayr Lashma, that Zaychet Varim Harbe, he made a big Kiddush. Kedusha Rabba, in honor of this miracle. And this, Reb Chaim, a couple of years later, had to do some renovations in his apartment. He had to break down some walls in order to, I don't know, they wanted to attach his apartment to his son's apartment, something like that. And the newspapers reported that Friday night of that renovation, all of a sudden, Chaim woke up in the middle of the night and he had Balailu Nadash Nasamelech. He was very nervous. And he said, I hope that, they, that the contractors, that the workers didn't touch that wall that the miracle of the grasshoppers took place on. He said, because there was a maisa with a chidah, that the chidah once had a miracle happen in his home by his stairs, and he had those stairs plated with solid gold so that people should understand that Nisim happened, that there's a Rabbi Shalom in the world. Now I was intrigued, what was this miracle of the Chidah? That was all the article said. If you, you can Google it, that's all it said, that the Chidah, the miracle happened with the Chidah, and with the steps, and he played it, it didn't, Rechaim wasn't Mepharish, what it was. So he wanted to make sure that that wall remained intact, because it's important for us to see that there are Nisim that take place, Bismanenu. So I, I looked up some of the stories about the Chidah and I found one miracle that happened about his steps and I assume that this is what Reb Chaim was alluding to. The Chidah, Saif Yama, the Chidah lived in Eretz Yisrael a lot, he was traveling a lot. In the end of his life, he lived in a city called Livarno in Italy. And he didn't want to be a Rav, he just wanted to sit and learn. He, he had a whole life of running all around and the Chidah was famous, you know, he went he went all around the world collecting for Eretz Yisrael he was like an ambassador for Eretz Yisrael and he used that experience of going from country to country to amass a, a huge collection of stories about G'daylem he has a savior called Shema G'daylem that has like little biographies of many, many hundreds, maybe thousands of G'daylem that we wouldn't know about if not for the Chidah. And he also went to all the great libraries of Europe and he made lists of Svarim. Many of them we don't have anymore, but he described the Svarim and he, we have lists in the back of the Shema HaGedayim all from the Chidah amongst all the many other Svarim that the Chidah wrote. But besides Yamav, he stopped traveling, he stayed in Livarno and he... Um, and he just wanted to sit and learn. And as much as the community wanted him to be involved in politics and 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 passing Shilas, he didn't want any of it. He just wanted to sit and learn. It's an old man already, he just wanted to sit and learn. So 
one time the community, one of the community leaders came to the Chidah and says, Rabbi, I have a problem. He says, my wife was miyached with a certain person, with a certain man, and I'm chayshed that, that she's no longer, uh, she wasn't faithful to me, and that she's, uh, she's, a, she's an Eishazish, she was, she was, she was, she violated the, you know, she was mezanet. I don't know for sure, but this is what, you know, she's, so he says, so the Chidah said to her, to the, to this man, you have to divorce her, and she's not entitled to a ksuva. Divorce her, she's not entitled to a ksuva. And when the Rabbanim of Lavarno found out about this strange psak of the Chidah, how do you pass? There's no Edim, there's nothing, you have no, no proofs to anything, and you're just passing that she's Kilo Asaita for sure, she's, uh, that, that she was, uh, she's Mazanatachas Pailish, she's not entitled to a ksuva. Where, do you, where does the Chidah get the right to Paskin this? Baruch HaKaidah, she's Paskin. So the Chidah said, I want this woman to come to me. Let her come and appear before me. So finally they got her to agree to come. And he started saying, how could you do this? How could you be unfaithful to your husband? I wasn't. And she started, she started telling all types of things to her, uh, to, the, to the Chidah, about how it's not true, and this and that. And she was getting very upset at the Chidah for even insinuating that such a thing could happen to her. And the Chidah was very calm and very gentle, and he says, would you mind if I just read to you a parsha on the Torah? And at this time, she was really beside herself, but she was a little, she still, still had a little bit of patience in Derech Eretz for the Chidah. The Chidah took out a safer Torah, and he started re- leaning in front of her the parsha of Saita. And, and as he started laning this parish of Saita. She started getting up and walking out of the home of the Chidah. She felt that she was, she, this was really getting, it was too strange, and she needed to get out all of a sudden, and she started walking down the stairs. And as she was walking down the stairs, and the Chidah continued the parish and ended the parasha, all the things that were said in the parish of Saita happened to her, Tzavsa bitna, Tzavsa yirecha, Lampil bitna, Tzavsa yirecha, her stomach started expanding, she started exploding on the staircase of the Chidah, her eyes started bulging out, and she died at the bottom step of the Chidah's home. And the whole city of Lavarno knew how the Chidah had Shechina medaber mitayach and and I think this must be the Maisa or the Chidah with the stairs of the Chidah that the Chidah wanted these stairs covered in gold so that Klal Yisrael should know for all times that there are Nisim Nisim happen even today there are Nisim that take place I'm not talking about Nisim this time that's prevalent everything. there's a hundred Nisim going on a thousand, ten thousand Nisim going on in this room right now how many Nisim are involved in our capillaries and our arteries and our heart and our lungs and our brain and our eyes and our nose and our ears and our... It's all Nisim. It's 10 trillion Nisim. But I'm talking now about Pesach Dika Nisim. I'm talking about Nisim HaGadayim before Samim. Those are Nisim that also happen today. And if you want one more nace, that's a nace nigla. That from there we can understand and appreciate even today that nisim happened. And from there we'll be able to understand that nisim nistarim are from the same Yad Hashem. There's one other nace nigla that we're surrounded by every single day. And that is you. You're a miracle. Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes in the Hakdama to his famous sitter that to me, to me, he says, the existence of Klal Yisrael throughout this Golos 
is greater than all of the Nisim of Kriyas Yamsuf and Matan and all of the great miracles of Jewish history, nothing compares to the miracle of Klai Yisrael being Aymed Kiv Sa'achas Ben Shivim Zevim. One sheep surrounded by 70 rabid wolves that want to do us in, that want to destroy us. And the fact that we are here, right now in this room, before Pesach, and that we all wore our tefillin today, and we dive into the Rabbi Shlam, and that we're alive, that is the greatest miracle, says Rabbi Yaakov Emden. That's the greatest nes- nigla. It's not a nes nister. It's a nes nigla that Klal Yisrael still exists. There's no natural way to understand that Klal Yisrael could endure in such a gallus were it not for the fact that there's a nes nigla that the Rabbi Shalom himself is being matzalas every single moment. There's no need to quote Mark Twain, but everybody I think knows the famous saying that Mark Twain wrote about what the the mystery of the Jew and how he goes through how all the, the great empires of the world try to destroy us and they are no longer here and yet the Jew remains. And what is the secret of the Jew? And with that he he blibes by a teku. He has no answer. He doesn't understand. What is it about a Jew that's able to survive the Greeks and the Romans and the Egyptians and all the other empires that tried to destroy us, but we outlived them and we triumphed over them? How does a Jew do it? And he doesn't know the answer. How could he? But we do. We understand because we have Rabbi Yaakov Emden. We have Nisim Gedalim Mefursamim. The only reason why we're alive today, why Klai Yisrael endures, why Klai Yisrael survives the Skullas 2,000 years without a Beis HaMikdash, without really, is because there's a Rebbein Yisrael that's protecting us, that's watching us. Bechal Esa, Bechal Rega. Just give you a few stories. If you want some, some Nisim Gedalim stories, I'll tell you some Nisim Gedalim stories about what it means to be a Yid. I just saw recently a Misa, there was a, a Russian Yid that survived Stalin's army. To survive Stalin's army, that's a miracle. It's a miracle, because Stalin was, uh, you know, People talk about Hitler, but they forget about Stalin. Stalin killed probably many times more millions of people than than Hitler ever could dream about. He had no problem. He killed millions and millions and millions of, of Russians. He put down every single person that wanted to rise up against him. Stalin killed. He didn't allow any religion. He didn't allow any... Uh, no one was allowed to read or to think or he had to he had complete control and mind control over all of his subjects and he had no problem killing out as many as he wanted <coughs> and so one of these Russian Yidden that had to serve he was, cons- he was conscripted into the Stalin army he met a grandson of the stipler on a bus in Eretz Yisrael. And they were engaging in conversation, and this Russian Yid, wasn't a famous person at all, he was just a, he described himself as a Pashri Yid, he was a simple Jew. And he, he told this grandson of the stipler that... the way he was able to daven on Yom Kippur, because Stalin would never allow anyone to take off on Yom Kippur, but what he did was, Arab Yom Kippur, he went and he told his supervisor that he has a terrible toothache and he needs, he needs for it to be pulled because it's a terrible tooth and the truth is the tooth is fine. 
but they went and they pulled the tooth, and as a result of that, he didn't have to go to work the next day, he didn't have to serve in the army, so he was able to stay in his infirmary bed on Yom Kippur, and he was able to daven and fast and do whatever he wanted. He was Meiser Nefesh, just to daven on Yom Kippur in, in bed. He says, but I'm a simple Jew, he tells this, this grandson of the stipler. And they were talking a little bit more, and then at the end they were they shook hands and he gives a big smile, this Russian, this Pashta Yid. And he notices that the stipler's grandson is looking at him very strange. He says, I apologize that I'm giving you a, a toothless grin. He was missing his four front teeth. He said, you see, I was in Stalin's army for four years. And every single year on Erev Yom Kippur, I told them about another tooth so that I'd be able to daven on Yom Kippur like a mensch and not be Mechal Yom Kippurim. This is a Pashta Yid. This is a self-described Pashta Yid who was willing to get rid of his four front teeth and never eat normally and never smile normally just because he wanted to keep Yom Kippurim. That's a miracle. That's not a nes nister. That's a nes nigla. That's menam nisem hagedayim before salmon. If you think for a second that nisem stopped after Mount Tyra, or nisem stopped after we went through the Yardin in Tzitz Yisrael, you're wrong. There's no greater miracle than Klal Yisrael. Tell you another simpler miracle, smaller miracle. There was a little boy who on Erev Pesach was sitting by the kitchen table with a big oak tag. Big piece of oak tag and he was he had all of his magic markers out and his father comes into the room and says, Erev Pesach, what are you fiddling around with magic markers for? Don't you have anything to do? Go take a nap for tonight. Go prepare a dvar for tonight. Go, I don't know, open up some of the matzah boxes. Do something. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? You mean, you're coloring on Erev Pesach? So the son showed the father what he was writing on this oak tag. He says, Tati, says, you know, I believe that Munashulema, that Eliyah Navi comes to our house every night on, on Pesach. And by Shveicha Moscha, we open the door but he's in and out so quickly. He comes, he comes in, he goes out. I never have a chance to really talk to him, to ask him anything. He says, so this year, I'm writing a sign to Eliyahu Navi that he sees it when he comes into the door. And it said on the sign, Eliyahu Navi, we need Mashiach now. That's not a miracle? That's not a nes nigla. That's not menanisim agedayim for samim. You need you need to see the mon coming down from heaven. I'll give you one more story. One more nes nigla, and it's something that I say all the time because I, all the stories that I say, generally speaking, unless it's like autobiographical. There are stories that I hear and that I read and that they're out there. But very often I say to myself, you know, how do you know that these stories are true? Maybe somebody just is, you know, is generating this as a, as a business. I don't know. There was one story that I have a direct messiah that it happened. Because I heard it from the person that it happened to. I'm not saying that I don't believe all the other stories that I say. I do. And I believe them fully. But this is a story that a Talmud of mine told me. And he came back, it's a Talmud that he hasn't been in yeshiva for uh, a good 11, 12 years, I would say. He's a very close Talmud of mine. He's from England. And he used to go to a cousin of his in Flatbush for Shabbos when he was here. So he came back one Sunday. He says, Rabbi, I have a story that you're going to use forever. He says, because it happened to me. 
this Shabbos in Flatbush, New York. And I said, okay, let's hear it. He says he has, his cousin has a, has a kid. This kid is about six years old, very cute kid, very bachent. And every Friday afternoon, his grandfather, this boy's grandfather, who lives in the neighborhood, would come and give him a pekala. Uh, you know, like a nice, uh, nice candy bag full of all geshmaka nash like we have over here. They had, uh, I don't think they had uh, zazas back then, but yeah, whatever it was, uh, you know, tangy taffies and popcorn and this and that. And his grandfather gave it to him. And my Talmud was there when the grandfather was there and he left. And my, grand, my, my, my Talmud was kibitzing with this boy and he says, nope, let's open it. Let's, 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 let's get a geschmack. Erev Shabbos time. Let's have a taste of it. So he says, no. He says, no. He gets very serious, very sober. He says, what? what you don't like to share? He says, I like to share. He says, so why can't you share it with me? So he thinks a second. He says, come into my room. brings my Talmud into his bedroom and he opens up one of the dresser drawers and behind his clothing there was about 50 of these pekalachs. My Talmud said to him, what are, you, what are you saving these for? He says, whenever my grandfather comes I take the pekalach I don't touch it, and I put it into my dresser drawer. I know you're all thinking about Pesach, what he does, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave the halachas out, because uh, it's right now. Um, so he says, says, what are you, you know, what are you saving it for? He says, this drawer is special. He says, I'm saving this for when Mashiach comes. I was macabre on myself that I'm not going to touch this candy as much as I want to. This is for when Mashiach comes. I'm saving it. The fact that a five, six-year-old boy in Flatbush, New York in the 2000s is able to have such a hergish an Amuna Shlema, an Amuna Brura, that there's a Rabbi Shalom, and that there's a Klal Yisrael, and there's a Mashiach, and that Achakelei B'chol Yayim Sheyavei Mamish. That's a miracle. There's no other way of explaining it other than saying that's a miracle. That's not a, that's not a nice mister. That's a nice nigla. If Rabbi Emden were around today and he'd sit here and he'd hear these stories that I'm telling you today, he would make this a seder. So this is our Pesach seder right here tonight. This is our seder. It's already the mitzvah of seder. It's greater, he would tell us, than the mitzvah of than the Nisma of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the Man in Kriyas Yamsov, it's much greater that we survived and we triumphed and we endure and we succeed and that we're able to learn a little Torah every day, we're able to daven, we're able to have Kirbas Hashem, we're able to have Chaverim on the caliber of of Beis Talmud's Talmidim. Somebody just came over to me tonight in the base medish, right before the the tish now, and he said, "I can't get over that there's a place like this that's so deep into winter's man when all the other yeshivas are off already from Yachum Erish Chaydesh, that we're able to go deep into into Chaydesh Nisan and still be able to have." A morning seder, an afternoon seder, a night seder, a, a post-night seder. Rabbi Yaakov Emden would be like flabbergasted. What is going on here? This is much greater, much more extraordinary than any Chris Yamsov that I ever read about. Dam Tzvardei Akinim, that's nothing compared to you. 
But you have to understand that when you look in the mirror, you're looking at a living nes nigla, a nes that's gadol umefursam. Do not ever look at yourself and say, Mani, umani. That's not true. You are the greatest miracle that the world has ever seen. And if you could see that and understand that, then it's a layup to believe in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and in the Mon and in the Yasser Makis. All of that is natural compared to you. And then, of course, we'll be able to be a part of Chelek Teres Meisha because then, of course, we'll believe in Teva. If I could see myself and how great I am and the miracle that's me, then I could believe in, in everything else around me that that's also... There's no Teva and Hagesh in that. What can I tell you? I'm proud of you. Take a lot of pride in you. It's supposed to be here. It really is. You're a walking Kiddush Hashem. I have a great Ava and a Chiba for each and every one of you. And I know that it's reciprocated. And I want to wish every one of you, we're going to also have a schmooze on Wednesday morning, but at least at night, I want to wish you all, I want to wish you all that you should all shep. Every mayid has a bracha. The blessing of Pesach is that we should see ourselves as we're sitting around the Seder table, as we're talking to our parents and to our siblings and to our guests, and we're taking in the Amuna of the night. We have to believe not only in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and not only in the Yasser Makis and all of the Dayenos, we have to believe in ourselves. And we have to believe that we are great and we are mefursam, and that the Rabbeinu Shalom loves us. And the same Rabbeinu Shalom that took us out of Mitzrayim, will Mitzah Hashem take us out of this Golos, and we'll be able to celebrate this Pesach, we'll be able to participate together in one Chabura, the Karben Pesach. Mitzah Hashem, we should be zeichet to that, and here be Amen. Amen.